Welcome to Miracle Nutrition with Hardy White. I'm Hardy White. Sometimes I don't leave enough time in the beginning for my actual intro song. Sit back and welcome to Listen Safe this moment. John Ritter's Rockin' the Rectory on Half Faith and on 30-something. The Love Boat. You're gonna go a little out of bed, sir, on The Love Boat. Next, on a very special Roseanne, I'm a lot of Love Boat, ABC. AB, ABC. ABC. Mr. I was watching an old David Letterman show, and Ernie Anderson was the guest. Now, you may remember his voice, if not his face. He was the voice of ABC in the 80s and the 70s. And what does that mean? What's ABC? Is that a liquor store? It was where I'm from, but that's not what he was a voice for. It was the um, American or anarchist, I don't know what the A stands for, broadcast company, excuse me, ABC. And they had shows like The Love Boat. And he would say The Love Boat like that. Now, I can't do it. It's very frustrating to me because I love the art of voiceover announcing and I've always wanted to have one of those beautiful resonant voices that they like for TV and radio and Ernie Anderson had that oh my goodness and he was on Letterman demonstrating how he would do these uh, things these promos for you know on a very special Roseanne kind of thing and he did some vocal warm-ups that's so that's what I was trying to do. And then I had to use what they call octave or pitch shifter to make my voice lower, but you can hear it sounds like a robot. And I don't want to be robot Ernie Anderson, who is very nice and kind. And I've gone on many adventures with him. And robot Ernie Anderson is almost real. And he can do the voice. But I don't want to be that. I want to be me. And I want to do Hardy White going, hey, guess I was going guess you're gonna be on Love Boat. Like that. I know that's not how you announce. And I know Love Boat's not on anymore, but it might be. You know, with AI, everything could just come back. No actors, no nothing. Just say, hey, there's a, I don't know why, but there's a new Love Boat on. But it's so strange. They're, every character is Charles Nelson Riley, and they have three arms. Still, it's, a, it's a surprisingly good and very much in the spirit of the original. In that, it isn't very. What's that? Original. Well, it is. Is it original or not? It's so funny saying, oh, Gilligan's Island isn't very original. Well, what was it copying? I know, right? It's so strange. Comedy dell'arte. And everybody recognizes that uh, it's the same thing. There's a Scaramouche character. Uh, all, all sorts. Of, all the stock characters are there. And uh, Where? On Gilligan's Island, they've been shipwrecked. They were on their way to some kind of theatrical convention. That's why the uh, rich people have that costume trunk. Why else would you take it with you? I don't know. Oh, people used to travel with a lot more things than they do now. What's that old movie? Is it called Shanghai Express or something? I think it's like, is it not Greta Garbo, one of those. And uh, is it Gloria Swanson? I get them confused. Maybe it's Gloria Swanson. And she's on the train, and she brought a record player, right? And uh, I mean, this is in the twenties too, or something, or thirties, nineteen thirties. So it's not a, uh, you know, that's so funny. I wouldn't bring one now. I have a little portable record player, and I thought, do I need it when I travel? But now, you know, a lot of your stuff is on your phone. But then you get to a hotel, and they often have a complimentary vinyl there for you now how am i going to play that so that maybe you should bring something like that i always like to plan but really what did i wanted to what did i wanted to wonder when i that's part of ernie's vocal warm-ups that i'm doing it sounds like i'm misspeaking but i'm not it's all planned oh my gosh everything i do is scripted he said in a convincing voice 
Ernie uh, had this this gift, which he developed over the years and trained by smoking cigarettes. Now, I don't know how many or what brand he smoked to get that just right um, kind of thing in your voice. My grandfather had it, too. It's just a it's a gift and it's camels and you die at 70. And that's pretty much the only drawback. Good gosh, you know his son, Ernie Anderson, not my grandfather. His son is the filmmaker, Paul Thomas Anderson, who made Steel Magnolias. And, uh, oh, you're being silly. I am. No, that is his son, but he made a movie just called Steel. I got him confused. Now, uh, did it have anything to do with his father's voice? Perhaps. It's so uh, authoritative, you know, if he said to him, now, Paul... Paul, on a very, come here, Paul. It's a very special talk we're having. You are becoming a film director. Not just that, but an O2-er. Like that. Now, I've been told that I do have, I have everything it takes when I'm vomiting. When I'm vomiting, I'm a very vocal vomiter. And when I vomit, my diaphragm is engaged extra. And I just... And it's very much when I'm actually bringing something up, sounds like the love in Love Boat, as as Ernie would hit it. Now, here's a very interesting thing. Oh, as I got close, did you hear me get close to the microphone? I did. There was a, there's another fellow, his name escapes me, he's balder. But I believe he's the, uh, you know, in a world guy, movie version of, of Ernie. And, uh, I remember he was giving tips, and he said, you get up close to the microphone, it makes it sound more resonant, you get lower in volume, and it helps be more resonant. So, you you know, because it's all about timbre. In a world, in a world. Oh, now I'm really up on the microphone. If I put it all the way in my mouth. In a world. And then if you're Peter Frampton, you put it all the way in your mouth, and you go, in a world. Like that. It's all it's all mic placement. I did a whole show just sitting on the mic one time. And, you know, because it was a joke. It was a play on words. So, well, that's where you get the, you know, ideas for the show. Why not the words as well? If you are born with certain attributes, you know, or more importantly, if you are not, and yet you aspire to a certain profession or, or something or position that requires these things, what do you do? You'll see a lot of the videos on the YouTube, and they'll say, if you're really, there's a couple things you need to do to be a great bodybuilder. One, drugs. They all say that. You can do it without drugs, but you have to have extra of the next thing. What's the next thing? Genetics. How do you have extra genetics? Isn't that a problem? I didn't mean literally. Not extra genes. Um, but you have to have uh, uh, genetics that are such that you gain muscle or you're a certain shape or anything like that. And there's not much you can do uh, about it and because it's maybe rare or something, and you want it to be. If it wasn't, oh my goodness, if there were eugenics, there'd be too many bodybuilders and people like us that are shaped like, like weird like vegetables that you grow in your own garden are uh would be desirable i think so but what do you do like i don't know if music or art is it all gifts is there anything you can do to study and and, and what about uh, the, your confidence when you realize maybe i don't have what it takes now how do i maintain my confidence and say i'm going to continue to try to be a voiceover person even though my voice is horrible should i quit or, you know, what do I do? So I'm a lot of times talking about self-deluding, but not self-lying. Don't ever lie to yourself. Um, you can trick yourself or anything like that. But I am, I am definitely for uh, having to uh, fake your uh, confidence. Why is that? Well, I'll tell you why. Um, first of all, Confidence is something that you have or you don't. It's very difficult to summon it. So you got to get it back. Yeah, but I haven't had any successes lately. So how do I, how do I get that? 
Or so you just uh, uh, lie to yourself. Well, I don't want to do that. That seems ridiculous and seems like a setup for disaster. So would 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 faking it have the same outcome as really having the confidence vis-a-vis others? Yes. Now, let's say I have a, a piece of art and I know it's lacking. But what is it lacking? Is it lacking effort? Or is it lacking something that I can't do anything about? If it's lacking something I can't do anything about, then I shall not lie. But I, I, you know, I would definitely say this is a great thing or I can do it. Now, you say, well, what about modesty or everything? Well, sometimes that is just really defeats things. You know, that can really hurt you. So I want to be mod. I don't want people to think I'm arrogant or I know more than I do. Let's take the Three Stooges, for example. Not the literal people, Moe, Larry, Shemp, Curly, etc., but the characters they play, who we'll call the Three Stooges. And I don't know if they're friends or family or within, because it changes every short. There's this seems to be a different, maybe there's a different relationship. We don't know who they are. It doesn't matter. Symbolic. But let's say, you know, they're not rich ever. And sometimes they're barely getting by. Sometimes they live, you know, in a sandlot or something, and they're eating uh, wooden fish off of a display plaques or something like that. And their table is a ironing board from a garbage dump that kind of thing so somebody comes to them and they go hey are you plumbers do you want a plumbing job now that is no time for modesty you know things are desperate and so Mo says yes we are plumbers and you know Larry's going but no you know shut up pineapple pineapple um what do you call them uh, what are the atoms? Porcupine, pineapple, shut up. Um, we'll take the job, sir. And then they go, <clears throat> and they make a mess of things. But that's not the point. The point is, say, yeah, I'm gonna, I can do it. I'm not going to turn it down. You know, I'll let you, you tell me whether I'm a terrible plumber. And uh, I don't know if they even get the chance to, because I don't know, I believe the client perishes. I'm not sure whether they drown everybody. No, wait, they're supposed to be trying to be an electrician. Is that it? And they end up being plumbers. Boy, that happens sometimes. But what if you are so bad at one profession that you're good at another? You're so bad at being an electrician that you're a plumber. Now, if you remember the old I Love Lucy shows, why do you talk about these old shows like that? Because I, we didn't have literature. They had gotten rid of literature already and the Bible. And so we just had these television shows, but that's okay. It was very much like Planet of the Apes when I was young. So I had I Love Lucy. Now, she's always begging to be in her husband's entertainment show. He was in a live nightclub performing uh, show. It was a stage thing. Isn't that interesting? So people used to eat at these uh, dinner club, nightclub things, and there'd be an act, like a full band up there. And a lot of times is Louis Prima, but sometimes is Desi Arnaz. So this is Desi Arnaz, and he's being Rigor Ricardo. He doesn't say Desi Arnaz because, you know, people have stage names. So, and his wife took a different name either, Ball. So there, uh, she was like, put me in the show, put me in the show. And he'd say, no, you're not a singer nor a dancer. And that's really what primarily we're looking at musicians. Do you play trombone? No, she would say. But then sometimes she might sneak into the show. So there might be a chorus or something and she goes in there. And then what happens is that she buffoonerizes uh, and she does something stupid. And she's so inept that she begins to fall and everything. And then the crowd laughs at her. And, uh, and then they say, wait a minute, this is not dancing and singing, this is comedy. And it turns out she's a comedy genius. You imagine that. And that's a, like that a lot. You say, you may not be a good ship's captain, but it turns out you're a submarine captain or something. Briefly. I don't know. Some, some failures can have consequences in which there's really no tomorrow. 
But should there be one, you might want to pick up on that thread. So maybe I'll do comedy. Now, to do comedy, do I have to try to be serious? That's happened to me. You see, I've gone on, I went on the radio, I said, I'll try to be serious, and I'm going to be inspirational. People started laughing at me, and I go, I guess I'm a comedian. So then you go on, you go, well, should I, how do I get laughed at? Do I be myself, or should I try to be funny? Trying to be funny doesn't work too much. Uh, sometimes it does. But so if I get a funny idea, I've, so sometimes I'll get a funny idea. Like the other day we were leaving, uh, Lou and I were going on a trip. And Lou says, is there anything you need um, before we leave? And I said, yeah, I need to fill a thermos with water and pee. And he started to laugh and he said are you sure you want to do that or is it is that for health purposes or something like that and I was like oh you know what I meant uh my goodness but that kind of thing and then I think wow should I that's so that's funny to me is it funny to others no you know so I'll think of something like that say oh you know um you know who's polling well uh gondoliers Something like that. And then uh, say, so what are you pulling? Well, I go, oh, I should have set it up better. I was thinking about the election. So I don't try to tell jokes or I don't try to do comedy. What I try to do is speak from the heart. And then I just have to say, I don't lie to myself and say, well, then the mocking laughter is with me. I just say, well, I'll take it. Because, hey, it pays the bills. It doesn't pay the bills. That's, that's a problem, probably. So... This might just be a way of getting derisive laughter aimed at you for free. Since some people, I guess, have to pay for that if they like it. I don't know. I try to, I try to really see a silver lining on, on everything. Um, some things you don't want a silver lining on, like your stomach. And that people did that for a while, say, I want to think it's good for you. And they would eat glob uh, of the silver or something like that. And then... You don't want that, you know. Every, if every cloud had that, then yes, there would be that would be tantamount to acid rain, because silver, could you imagine, or mercury dropping from the sky would be pretty. It catches the light, these little mercury raindrops, and the puddles. I love to go out after a mercury rainstorm. That's so nice. Um, you know what I like, Lincoln. I like Lincoln mercuries. That's what I like doing. So many words that sound like verbs that aren't and get very confusing in your speech. Like pee, pee, noun, verb, you know. So I try to say urine or urinate or micturate or something like that. Or uh, I guess wee-wee is both noun and verb too. So, um, But a lot of the other things aren't, you know. Uh, my, I think my family used to say, do you have to go... The bathroom or to the, they'd say to, to the bath. I never thought it was actually, I thought that was also a name for, you know, evacuating. But I don't know. Oh, my goodness. Where have I, where have I wandered? I really wanted to talk about doing voiceovers if your voice is awful. But now here I'm uh, drifted off into, again, just potty non-humor. But, oh, I hope you're laughing at me. Listen, I'm going to mispronounce a bunch of things. How about that? That'll be funny. And I'll think I've done it correctly. There's a fella, there's a, uh, um, I've, there's a couple people that are just so very, very f funny to me that I, I see them and I start to, I start to laugh, um, uh, you know, just comedy icons. And, um, you know, there's not a lot of them. Uh, one is Buster Keaton. And uh, probably the other is uh, there's a Canadian professor who is just uh, so silly to me. And But I, here's the thing. I don't know whether they're trying to be funny uh, or what, but I get my laughs where I can. And my goodness, you, you, you need to do that. No one should deprive you of that. Now, listen, how are you going to do this voiceover work? You've had some success in that, haven't you, Hardy? Yes, I've had, job, I don't know, one job, two job, two or three. One of them paid. And uh, 
to have you read, you might read something. And they might say, they give you, they tell you what kind of voice say, oh, right now. Now, this is for doing character stuff. Voiceover can be announcing, too. Oh, and I'd love to do that. I have done that a little bit. Um, I've, and I'm not sure if it was very good or something. Uh, Saturday at Harry Dean Stanton Fest. That's me. So I was, briefly, uh, the voice of the Harry Dean Stanton Fest. And I would say, uh, you know, and then... And then Thursday night at the, and I'd say the name of this theater that's at the library, and every single time I pronounced it wrong. So, I don't know about that. I guess, I don't know if anybody noticed. They figured it out. Because if I was, if I would say, it's at the movie theater, you would know that it's a theater or something. So, I think that's what was going on in Lexington, Kentucky. I didn't do it that bad, but. It was that I did that, and I've done, there was a cartoon. I had to say, oh, hello, or something like that in my own voice. And, um, but I'm still available. Oh, I've, uh, uh, a couple things I've just done in my own voice. I, back when people had answering machines, um, I did a couple of those. You know, it's Hardy White. So-and-so's not here right now. Uh, bless you. You know, well, hello, no one's home, kind of thing like that. Um, not no one's home. Don't come rob them. Someone's here. They're just busy cleaning their gun or something. So uh, I did that. And then I can't, but I would love to for your, if you have a television network, I know that's sort of old, old fashioned, but if you have one and it's uh, maybe I heard tell, hey, I'm going to speak now to you richest persons. We got a lot of billionaires out there now and you're, Fiddling around and messing around with the internet. Why TV is languishing, especially broadcast television. Almost everything on it now is digital. Hard to get anything analog on it anymore. A bunch of static. You got to get a digital translator. It's broadcast, but you got to get a digital translator and everything. Can't get it analog. Man, there is a tell. That tells me that there is a big void to be filled. Now listen to me, billionaire friend. I'm going to say three words. The Dumont Network. The Dumont Network was one of the major television networks back in the day. And is gone now. But I think they had a lot of good. I'll look, I'd look it up. But I'm busy. And uh, tell you all the things they, would, they, uh, they had on there. But I believe... Uh, that we could resurrect that because ABC, CBS, they're all still there. Now they're messing around on uh, Say You Want It or what's it called? Demand Demand TV or where you just punch it in on the cable. We used to have to wait through things. As a child, I'd watch TV, be watching that late night horror music and say, oh, I got to sit through these these ads for adult adult motels and breast exams and things like that. Dang it. But it's exciting. You learn all sorts of things. And um, now, you know, you can avoid that. So, I would like to suggest we resurrect the Dumont Network. Now, one of y'all billionaires already sticking things in people's brains. Resurrection ain't going to be no big deal. I want you to, and then, listen to me. Then hire Hardy White. Why, why hire you? Because I'm getting older and I'm have... <laughs> Medical expenses, like, come up real soon and everything. Also, I might have to modify my house to age in place. So I'm going to have a lot. I'm going to need money for handrails and, and slip mats or no slip mats. I don't know which and all sorts of things. I'm, get all, I'm getting this device that, that moves me around like Baron Harkonnen. That's love. I just float around. I won't. Then I won't need a little elevator on my stairs. I have some steps already hard to get up because of my foot arthritis. And, um, but, uh, you know, th that's not free. So, should I be? This is Hardy White, the voice of the Dumont Network. Like I could say it all in crazy, memorable ways. I wouldn't just say, this is the Dumont Network. 
I'd say like, this is the Doom Network or something like that. I know it sounds crazy, but that's what, that's what then people remember. Now, uh, you know, Jim Varney, a blessed memory. And he starred, he starred, he's from Lexington, you know that. He went to, um, where did he go to high school? He went to Lafayette, didn't he? I think he went to Lafayette. Yeah, yeah. Richard Hell didn't. He went to he went to Sale, I think. But listen, he um when uh, when he started, he started in these you know uh, making commercials, and he had this this earnest character, and uh, you know exaggerated even that so that you remember the product. Now I don't remember the product, but that's how it works. So. Uh, you know, it's the crazy stuff that a lot of times get people's attention. And it's getting, can you get their attention and then hold it? These are also the two principles of kidnapping. You know, it's one thing to kidnap a person, but then can you keep them? Because a lot of what people do is that loosely tie them up and talk, 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 talk. And then say, I'm going in the other room. Don't you try to escape. And that's when you get away. But um, anyway, I shouldn't be giving out all these tips. I watch a lot of movies, entertainment, and I figure things out. I figure things how to do things. You get a lot of tips. Uh, detective movies will show you how to, you know, how to break into a 40s house or something like that. Doesn't come up much, but um, knowledge is knowledge, skills, skills. People have learned languages that nobody else speaks, like, like, Esperanto or English or something and um, they're fine with them I'm make, I have my own I started to learn English and then I, I've as you can hear I haven't really gotten very far because what you'll what you will grasp uh, almost immediately especially when you're trying to make yourself um, understood is that there's sounds that work just as well that not everything that comes out of your mouth has to, to indicate something doesn't have to have a meaning, you know? And besides, the me who knows what people mean when they say a word, you know? So you say to me, you, you know, and, and you'll understand, you start thinking about this, you know, say, t table, what table? You know, what does that even describe, table? Uh, Kroger grocery store, what is that even? Well, that's pretty specific. That's pretty specific. Um, very sickly hippo or something. I don't know. But a lot of times, it, they don't describe anything either. And you can make yourself known with sounds. Because what you're trying to get into words more than anything and more than meaning is uh, meaning. What do you mean? I mean, more than, uh, more than literal meaning. Emotional meaning and content. And how are you feeling about that? You say t table. I don't know what you mean. Table, table. No, the, the, but if I was to go, no, that's even worse. Then you you wouldn't even. Hmm. Well, I'll I'll figure out what I mean. But I'm pretty sure it's true that you know you can express yourself wordlessly. And I think I do it all the time. I, I, maybe it's the way I say things or whatever. I know the thing I get across, the thing I communicate probably the most accurately is my confusion and ignorance. And I, I believe that I don't even have to have words for you to pick up on that and say, I believe, I feel it. When Hardy speaks, I just feel how frustrated he is. Uh, you know, how lost, how confused, um, how poorly educated, how, how fragile his memory, uh, how, um, what a, a, a mishmash and uh, messed up um, salad of ideas and impressions is his mind. And I, I, I don't know what you're talking about. But, uh, you know, I do, I do feel that I get something 
over the radio because when I meet people that have that have heard the show, they they usually have something to say to me. So I know they've been affected by it, either positively or negatively. And um, I think the thing I do most consistently is to inspire a sort of, um, what's the word I want? Where you neither care or don't care about a thing. I love that. And then I'm always going for that middle, you know? Say, ah, oh, what do you think about my show? I've done a, I'm coming up to New Jersey for the marathon, you know, and I'm going to do my, uh, this live show I've been doing. And I did a couple run-throughs for friends, and uh, a lot of people said, hey, that was, there you did a, there you said, I noticed you said things, and they were right. And I, that, that gives you, um, not confidence, but you say, well, here we go. What is it, momentum or something like that? That's brilliant, too. Everybody just start doing a thing and hopefully you will still get into a book about it at the very end under people who are the worst at it but I think you're still included I always use the I always talk about baseball use baseball as an example but I think if I wanted to be a baseball player at, at some point if it were meant to be I would be content being the world's worst if I had that word next to me, baseball player. See, that's the thing. If you never try, if you never go, you won't even get that on your... People ask me, they say, how do you win the lottery? And I said, that's easy, you buy a lottery ticket. And you say, well, that doesn't guarantee. And go, huh, that's a different question. So, you know, how do you become top of your field? You know, how do you become the best musician? How do you become blah, 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 blah. Well, the answer is so unsatisfying. It's just do it. Keep doing it. I said, well, that's no guarantee. Nothing's a guarantee of nothing. You can be the most talented person on earth. And, uh, you know, boom. I always think that about Clifford Brown. You know, great, one of my favorite musicians of all time, trumpet player. And he um, he died on the on the Pennsylvania Turnpike, I think, near Bedford, Pennsylvania, at age 24. Now, what are you saying? I don't know. I'd say I'd rather be a terrible trumpet player maybe and live to 80 than Clifford Brown, but I don't know. Every life, it doesn't matter how long or short your life is. They're both 100%, so I don't know. It's all percentage. Don't think in terms of years, you'll be sad. People, everybody gets 100% of their life. It's just some of them, uh, time and time being a relative thing, that can make it even weirder. You know, we're living in this part of the universe where time is like, yikes, what is this thing? Uh, but it's nothing. Just don't worry about it. I, a lot of people say, are you a philosopher? And I'd say, well, if, first of all, put it in a small p, in quotes, and then with the parentheses after it that said this word means something completely and utterly different than most people think it does. Well, if, if it means love and knowledge, though, or something like that, yes. Yes, I soaf my phyllo, definitely soaf some phyllo. But I have nothing very interesting to say, or not interesting, nothing new to say. But I can absolutely chime in and uh, be another voice confirming something that you already know, perhaps. That's where I'm coming from. Because I... My heart's not getting harder. I was hoping it would as I aged. My heart would get a little harder, and then I'd see you know, people I love or even didn't love. I just didn't, I wouldn't break so much, you know, and uh, I wouldn't feel like I wanted to, uh, you know save everybody. I don't really feel like that because I'm not capable of it, so I don't even try. But I, this idea that, oh my God, isn't there anything we can do? All these uh, suffering beautiful souls, um, innocence, and things like that. So, you know, do something. Uh, but I can't. So I've, I, I go, but I go forward in my, in my ignorance and say, well, you know, 
um, maybe I can say something to you that will help you not contribute to, uh, you know, hurting yourself, maybe. Maybe you're getting hurt. Maybe I can say something and help take you out of the pylon. Uh, you don't want to be on the, the enemy's team fighting yourself, you know? So, well, there's nothing to love. You don't know me. I don't have to know you. You know you, and you don't, like, if you've, my goodness, I don't know what to say. I've thought about it a lot, but I still don't know what to say when people say that to me. Say, so, well, I guess, you know, you do, you're going to do what you want to do. But I will say, you know, that all that you can really say that life is is some sort of view from your window, from your perspective. And if you hate the viewer of this thing, then I'm not sure you don't hate the whole thing. You know, there might not be anything but your view. What if this is all your dreams? You don't want to be the... If it's your dream, why would you want to be the bad guy? I don't want to be the main character. Not in life. Can't do that. There is none. Oh, that'll bring you pain. But, uh, gee whiz, just flying around and looking and trying to, trying to help. I project my ignorant uh, intentions on you. I think you'll enjoy that. So occasionally I'll give you some kind of good tip. I know I will. Look, I... The reason that I'm on the radio and I thought this might be a good thing, even though I have nothing to say, I was thought, well, what if I just say everything that's in my brain, put it all out there. Somebody, it's like emptying your junk drawer. Somebody's going to go, oh, my God, that's the button I'm looking for. It might be insignificant. It might be small. But what if it's just a tiny little solution that you were looking for? Then it's important to you, isn't it? Oh, it can turn around a bad day. It can elevate something that's fallen. All that kite needs is a little boost so it can get air under its bottom and hit those great heights again. Dance among the clouds. It just needs a little boost. I will pull your string or whatever you want me to, help you get it up in there and there uh, so you can uh, soar again. And I want you to do that on... Uh, sore. It's an easy word. I could, you could misspell it and you could make it sour or sore like owie. So you want to make sure that you, you spell that correctly. Um, but yeah, I want you to soar with the, uh, with the eagles. Well, they're not. Eagles are kind of scary. Angel. Angles. That's a combination of eagle and angel. The angles. People misspell angels all the time. But what an angle is... It's an eagle angel, so it doesn't have any sharp thingies that grab you or grab kittens. It's just a it's beautiful floating thing, imaginary thing. We'll soar with those. Oh, my goodness. If you can scheme it, you can dream it, you can beam it, and then you can seam it, and then you can deem it, and then, then you can die. No, I don't know what's next, but you... You, uh, uh, I would say just, you know, conceive and imagine and bring it into close to realities you can get. Um, it's like fishing. You might not get it up to the surface. That fish might break free, but just, gosh, keep reeling and reeling in, even if it's a boot. <laughs> I know. I'm laughing thinking about it. I wasn't joking. I was uh, just laughing thinking about that. When I was a young person, there was still a comic in the paper called Henry, and Henry was from back in, way back in the day. He almost looked like a yellow kid from the 19th century, and he was bald and kind of misshapen and everything. I knew kids like Henry, beautiful, and he was, he didn't say anything, and, but he would, things would happen, like he'd catch, he'd think he was fishing, and he'd, He'd think, oh, it's a fish. Second City TV did a great parody of this. They said, have you ever noticed how Henry does this all the time? And they pointed it out on one of their Second City comedy television shows that Henry had this uh, propensity to think about the objects that he was looking for, like a fish, felt it on his line. Must surely be a fish, said his thought bubble. He said nothing, thought it only. But then the subsequent panel would reveal his fate. And you would see a line there. 
and hanging from the line in old boot. And expression of disappointment on old Henry's face. And I realized that there was some sad subtext there that maybe Henry had pulled all his hair out from these, these frustrating endeavors that he had. It breaks my heart. I start thinking about other people in the, in the comic pages, the Donda and Nancy and all. You know, and what their lives were like. You think about, you, you giggle at Nancy and, and everything. But see, Nancy, if you, if you know your comics, started in uh, Fritzy Ritz. Aunt Fritzy, you know her as Aunt Fritzy, Fritzy Ritz. And um, single, you know, but she's got this niece that lives with her. But then you don't, you don't stop and think about it. Like, God, what happened to Nancy's parents? Where are Nancy's parents What happened to this poor deer's family? And I got this feeling Sluggo's another orphan. He's just got that, or he's got an orphan kind of feel to him. I don't know what it is. I mean, yeah, maybe his parents might have showed up in it. I, I got to go back and look. But, you know, all those things like that, those comic strips not the ones that i know that they've it's very popular now the comic books are all movies so the comic books you come up with say oh i like iron man it's a movie oh i like little lulu it's a movie now blah blah, blah movie sad sack uh uh captain america but for the st comic strips i don't know that there's been a movie was there a live-action Doonesbury? That makes me want to... I, be, I bet anything there was, and it was uh, un, unspeakably bad. But let's say, like a, a Hager the Horrible or something. Hogger, Hager the Horrible? How is it? Hager's the pants. Hogger the Hogger? I don't know, one of them. But um, Wizard of Ed. Um, I'm going to come up with some more. I'm coming up with more. Andy Cap. Andy Cap. He's actually from like Yorkshire or something. I, when I was young, I was like, oh, is this some kind of cockney he's speaking? But he's not. It's some other thing. It's And um, I'll go back and look. I don't know. But, you know, those could be, I mean, those had a lot of pathos and stuff going on in them. There's, we don't know what people are going through in the funny pages. I always thought about, oh, you know, family circus too. Just that one circle stuck in, no pan I guess on Sunday they got some panels and everything, but like, can you imagine an existence that static, time that frozen, just one moment that you're trapped and imprisoned in? Do you know? But we break free. We don't have panels. We can go outside the panels. And sometimes even the, the artist would say, today somebody's uh, violently mentally ill is doing the strip and that would go outside of the lines and it would be fantastically creative. Or my son Billy, Billy's doing this one. And then there would be a little bit of anarchy. Or, or really what it was is artistic freedom. I'm going to do things that are unexpected now. I know you, you expect the same thing. People want to open that Sunday funny or that daily funny every day, and they want to see a familiar thing. They want to look and see the word jumble just where it's supposed to be. They want to look and see the Don is just where it's supposed to be. They want to look and see that, oh, it's a, a, a Sam and Dick Tracy. Here come old flat top. Here come flatten on over. Here come old no face. Here come old prune face. Come on, face, face. Bad. I'm trying to think of all the face family. and um, Moon Maiden. That, actually, that's Tracy's. Uh, is that his wife or his, his daughter-in-law? It might be his daughter. I don't know. It's, they had a son, and then she married, and then he married, and then somebody died. I mean, it's, isn't a funny strip, you know? I mean, it was, had, like, heavy crime in it. had people getting shot. Uh, main characters would, would die, you know, and she'd be laughing. You go, oh, Gravel Gertie. But then, you know, she'd get like, she'd have cancer. So it was, uh, it wasn't uh, 
It was all mixed up. You know, your joy is like that, too. It's going to be all mixed up gold, and its natural state sometimes is all mixed up with stuff that isn't gold. You know? It's just like anything that you have to pick through to get, you know, to get a, a diamond. And uh, it might, the diamond might have been eaten by something like an elephant. I don't think picking through elephant poop would be too bad, though, because they just eat like straw. Would be the worst scat to pick through. Tiger. Right? Something like that. I don't know. Or you're just your friend. Your buddy. Jason. Jason ate a diamond, man. Woo! I don't even want it. Not worth it. Um, might not be. And that's the thing, too. You got your, your dreams say, oh, I've always wanted, I won't be a voiceover guy like you well i'm not so i'll i'll tell you when i am and then you can but um might not well it's not gonna happen now what fine i did other things that's the fun thing like a lot of times i remember um i was in france and i was thought i was going from metz to paris but uh, the train just went back to Mets. And I thought, that that's great. My expectations were one thing. But it turns out, here I am, back at Mets. And that turned into, well, that was hell, actually. And then I just had to sit there in a train station for hours and hours or something. But look, you know, having our expectations not met is also very exciting. Life is an adventure. And if your dreams come true, you should become immediately suspect that the other shoe is going to drop. No, that's just me. But so things, life's going so well. I try not to say things like that. There's no tempting fate. I don't believe my family used to think there was better not tempt fate. Fate's not paying any attention to me. I'm sure I cannot tempt fate. Temp fate is no more temptable than, than a palace guard. So, hey, 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 hey. You know, like in England that guard the, because they wouldn't, when they were guarding the um, queen, you know, with the big fur hats and everything, they stand, they would not move. Now they don't care, uh, King Charles and everything. But then, with the, oh, you can't, you know, don't touch me. Now they'll wander off, say he'll be fine, like that. And they're right. No one's interested so, um, no one wants to, I don't know if any, would anybody, I'm bless his heart, my goodness. I don't know that we need kings too much anymore. Uh, for some things, um, what do we need kings for? I guess chess and cigarettes. That's about it. Everything else, I think it could probably do without it as a concept even. Um, so who will rule us? Oh, supreme... Rulers? No, not that either. My goodness. Um, tw Twelve, let's see. Two and two is four. Four and four is eight. Eight and four is twelve. Twelve inches is a ruler. Queen Elizabeth was a ruler. Queen Elizabeth was a ship that sailed the sea. There's fish in the sea. The fish have fins. The fins are red. Fire engines are red. That's why fire engines are always Russian. I can't remember that. Somebody, I heard an old vaudeville guy do that routine, and now I just can't remember. I think I just mixed it. Why are fire engines red? That's what, it starts with that. And, oh, fins are red. Russians are red, too. That's what, I forgot that, too. Dang it. Dang, man. So now I can't be a Bavillian. That's what you're saying? I'm not passed the audition. I couldn't pass the audition for anything. How are you on the... I am an inspiration. Don't think I don't know I am. You're on WFMU. I am. How would that happen? I don't know, but there, if you could do it... Exactly. There is hope. Well, maybe they're just... No, I don't... Their standards aren't low. I just... I don't know what happened. Something, you know, it's like, you know, in Star Trek, just sometimes something will get into the air vent. 
and it'll just make things go differently. Not worse or better, just expectations will be upended. And I believe that my presence on the radio is unexpected. And there aren't enough things, I think, that are unexpected. When I was younger, there was more of that, especially on radio. I think, how did that guy get on the radio? And I don't know if people say that as much anymore. And I wish I, gosh, that's something I can do. You know, you can inspire by having the confidence of someone twice as talented. And people sort of, they actually admire that. And I think my confidence is not, um, I'm not lying to myself. I know who I am. But I also realize this, that um, if I show up to your house and I'm trying to cheer you up or help you, then the last thing I want to do is be self-deprecating. The last thing I want to do is erode your confidence in me. That is selfish of me. That's like saying, I'll just give you some caveats. I might not be that great. Shut up. I'm here to help somebody. The last thing I want to do is confess. They don't need that. I'm not here to burden you with my insecurities. I'm fine the way I am. Oh, yes. I'm here to help. So I want you to think that I'm absolutely competent. And I am. I'm just telling you there's different ways to do things. You could literally, listen, I'm not even fooling. Let's say I was the official voice of ABC television in the 70s. Now listen to this. Coming up on Love Boat's going to be, uh, uh, what's his name, Happy Days. Fella's going to be on Love Boat. Oh, that same, uh, I'd say the actual name, I just forgot. Anton, Anton Williams? Anson Williams? Anton, Anson? Anson Williams? Anton? One of them, Tom Bosley. Here we go. This week on the Love Boat, Tom Bosley is going to be on. You like him. Now, that gets the same information. I don't know why it has to be this. You'd remember that just as well. But there's conventions. You know, people think, oh, it's got to be this way or certain way. It's that way with music or anything. And then nobody wants to break any rules. But there's absolutely no reason not to go on television going, hello, y'all, listen to me. It's going to be show. your show's coming up just about 8 o'clock. And then at 9 o'clock, there's a very special Roseanne. And I say special, it's going to be, it's going to be very heavy. Um, they're going to talk about something very heavy. And we had to have a psychologist come on and speak to people. But we're going to try to do two things here. We're going to try to do irreverent comedy. But at the same time, Social commentary and very deep psychological counseling and everything. I know that's a lot. That's a lot for a show to do. But there was that episode of I Love Lucy that did the mass hypnosis. And almost nobody remembers any, any uh, deleterious effects of that. Did I say the right words? Am I saying the right things? I said, this is the anniversary of me receiving my honorary degree from obedience school. I love it. I'd love honorary degrees. If you got, is there anywhere I can get one from? I know some of you work at schools, but none of you have that power. It's just so funny. I'm fine at the age where I've got friends and acquaintances who have positions, you know, like at universities, and I say, well, get me in there, and they can't. Now, what good is that? What, what good is it? I don't understand. Why did you try to get, uh, you know, this position of authority if you can't hire unqualified friends? I suppose I don't know how things work. But, um, oh, you've been, you've been so good to me. Who, me? Yeah, you. You've let me into your heart. You listen to me. I mean, that's taking a very big risk, paying attention to somebody who might be not saying anything that's worth listening to. But I know that you see those little short clips on YouTube, and that's worse. Did you know? It's been a lie. So I'm not lying to you. That's for sure. I don't know, you know, I don't know the nature of reality. 
So I don't believe I could lie because I'm not sure what's true. So I'm just trying to say things that are consistent. And that's all I can do is be consistent. What's consistency? Do you ever have pudding? Mm-hmm. You know how it's like there's not crunchy bits? Yeah. It's consistent. Some things aren't consistent. What? Pudding with sand in it? Okay. It has the consistency of? Sandy pudding. It does. Do you? What is your consistency, my friend? Oh, you're gonna, you're gonna love it. You're gonna love the way A.B. Oh, man. I'll do it for you. Again, if you're starting anything, I'll just, I'll do it for pennies. And, um, just say, you know, it's just hard to read this. And then I won't read it out loud. And you'll go, stop being literal. Uh, read it out loud. All right. ABC. There was a, this wasn't on ABC, I guess, because it must have gone opposite. But there was a TV show called The Reavers. It must have been on like NBC or something. And uh, they were putting it head to head with Love Boat. Very popular show. And they're going, Reavers going to sink the love boat. But Reavers didn't sink the love boat because Reavers sucked. But they tried to do it in, a, in an Ernie Anderson voice and everything like that. So maybe that kind of thing. Maybe if Love Boat comes back, Dumont Network, you crank up. We go on there, start slagging the love boat. I wouldn't mind being the voice of, of making fun of the uh, love boat reboot. Like, you know, we don't need that. Who's even alive? And was any of the original cast alive? You know, Ted Lange is yelling at me from, I'm alive, you you so-and-so. Oh, I'm sorry, Ted. Ted Lange down there uh, in the villages. Going, you remember me, right? No, I don't know if he's still, who knows. They're all, uh, the Captain Steubing isn't with us anymore. Um, and then the fellow from Get Smart, I think he might, I don't, I'm not even sure. I don't want to go down that road. Gopher's alive. He must be alive. He's only 12. When the show aired, I'm going to look into this. I'm going to look into this. This might be a whole, I think, feel like it's a whole show. Just me, you know. Maybe I could even interview somebody. I know. Why? I know. That's stupid. I'll just pretend to do it. And um, just do the voices. I did do a, a while back, I remember, I had heard Ted Lange was on a, um, commercial for psychic phone friends and he called up psychic phone friends and the psychic phone friend said um please say your name three times and he went ted lange ted lange ted lange like that which opens up the cosmos and then the uh seer or whatever she was a clairvoyant psychic friend psychic friend psychic friend was able to tell him you know no love boat reboot for you or something like that um so i might have done i think i did a radio thing where i did you know it was a celeb i said uh you know please say your name three times oh, scooby-doo 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 and or something like that i don't do a lot of celebrity impressions even i don't do scooby-doo impression but i certainly can't do ted lange's voice and i've tried captain stubing the good thing about uh, anybody that's just straight out from Brooklyn or anything, you have a little advantage. Like, um, you know, um, Edward Everett Horton, who even though he's talking in a mid-Atlantic accent or transatlantic accent, has a uh, slight Brooklyn. So that's good. And these, these people from the Midwest, I don't know how you... I can, nothing to make fun of, I guess. Just your, your flat, uninteresting tone. You're doing vowel sounds wrong, but I love you. Oh, change your vowel sounds just for fun. A lot of us base on where we're from or people we admire and everything like that. But, um, you know, you can just randomly change them. I'll show you. You are listening to Marika Nutrition with... He are to witter. Um, uh, better do it right. Um, you're listening to A Miracle of Nutrition with Hardy Wyatt, WFMU, East Orange, WMFU, Mount Hope, 91.9 in Rockland County, New York City, New York, and online at 
WFMU.org worldwide. Freeform Radio, the freest, the formest. The Freeform WFMU. Thank you for listening. Oh, my goodness, I'll see you again next week. Twins name was Ebony. Her name was Mahogany. Twins name was Ebony.